Welcome to Education Beat. I'm Ann Vasquez, Executive Director at EdSource. California schools have a lot of money to spend this year, thanks in large part to federal COVID relief dollars. We're looking closely at how one school district, Lodi Unified, in California's Central Valley is using their funds. One area that's a big priority is enrichment programming to help engage students in school after a year and a half of distance learning. Having those outlets like journalism or photography or painting or sculpture or theater or music is why they come. It's what kind of keeps them going. There are almost no strings attached to the recent windfall for schools. Districts like Lodi Unified can spend COVID money on anything that helps students recover from the pandemic. Today, we'll hear from a theater teacher and a custodian who started his own after-school chess club. Here is this week's Education Beat with host Zadie Stabley. So many kids signed up for theater this fall at McNair High School in Stockton that the teacher, Valerie Fitzgerald, was worried she would have to turn half of them away. You know, it didn't look very hopeful when the numbers first came in. It, you know, it was kind of like, oh, bummer. We're not going to be able to do it. Valerie, or Ms. Fitz, as her students call her, teaches English and theater at McNair, which is part of the Lodi Unified School District. She suspects that there's so much interest in theater this year because kids were craving more social interaction after more than a year in distance learning. I think the real bottom line is theater is an interactive class. It's meant to be with people. I mean, that's that's what you do is you interact with people um, in a production class, even though they're learning more about the backside of the production, you know, like not being on stage. A lot of the kids that are in that class are not kids that would be comfortable getting up in front of the curtain. But the idea of being part of something bigger than they are and being backstage and, and learning things about, wow, sound design and lighting design and costuming and props and and how that all functions. It's still a very social and interactive type of class that you just can't do during COVID. Ms. Fitz really wanted to give all of those students a chance to do theater especially after all they had experienced during the pandemic. So she checked with the administration. Could she teach two theater classes in one semester? At first, the high school wasn't sure. Then they realized they had a lot more funding from the federal government for COVID relief. So they put a little bit of it toward theater and paying Ms. Fitz a little more. So she uses what would usually be her prep time to teach a second theater class. Without that funding, like half the kids that I have this term would not have been able to take theater because my class would have been packed to the gills. This is Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. I'm Zadie Stabley. This week, having fun with COVID money. Schools have a lot more cash this year from COVID relief funding. So EdSource decided to look closer at how one district is using that money. And we picked Lodi Unified. My colleague, Carolyn Jones, is the reporter heading up this project. Hi, Carolyn. Good morning, Zadie. How did you pick Lodi? We were looking for a district that was pretty typical of, of California, that pretty accurately represented the state as a whole. Lodi is a mid-sized district, 
of about 30,000 students. And it's kind of, you know, smack dab in the heart of the Central Valley. It's just north of Stockton. Uh, the district itself is very diverse, socioeconomically diverse. Um, it's diverse in every other way. And the numbers pretty closely reflect the state as a whole. And so Lodi Unified has $131 million total in all their ESSER funds. ESSER is short for Elementary and Secondary School Emergency Relief. Right. It's a huge amount of money for a district like Lodi, and it's basically a third of their overall budget before the pandemic. So it's, it's going to you know, potentially make a huge difference in, in that district. Carolyn went to two schools on this first trip to Lodi, and she visited programs that are being funded with the new COVID relief money. And what she found was a lot of them are really focused on enrichment, arts, interactive science experiments, chess, theater, things that so many schools in California have cut over the years because of a lack of funding. One class Carolyn visited was Ms. Fitt's theater production class. This class and a lot of the other programs we looked at were all designed to get students engaged with school again after, you know, a year and a half of being at home. You know, the kids were building sets and making props and learning lighting design and sound design and costumes and stage management and a little bit of the history of theater and all the things that go along with that, like creativity and some practical carpentry skills and responsibility and, you know, knowing that you have to be there, otherwise you're going to let the whole cast down. And it's a lot of fun. The class focused on creating a Harry Potter interactive production where the audience can walk through and experience basically being in the Hogwarts world. The students made wands, and they used cardboard boxes to build a big shrieking shack. For those who don't know, that's an abandoned house in the Harry Potter world. They built a whomping willow, that's a magical tree in Harry Potter, out of cement molds and paper mache. And Ms. Fitz says students were more enthusiastic than ever before. I never had to really prod them. You know, sometimes you have those classes where you've got kids that you've really got to kind of light a fire under them. And, and this, they seemed a lot more motivated. Something that struck me and that was magical was I knew that we could use the cement molds, but I wasn't sure how to make it look like a tree. And the kids were the ones that said, well, let's do clumps of tissue paper and we'll go over them with the paper mache. I knew we were going to do the paper mache, but... They were really into it. Ooh, let's do pool noodles for the, for the branches. And yeah. Ms. Fitz says theater and other arts help students express themselves and work through hard times. Isn't that what art is about? Is about expressing our human experience. And particularly when you're going through traumatic and difficult times, that's what we turn to, not only to know that we're not alone because we read other people's art or we participate in other people's art, um, whether it's visual or performing or whatever, but to be able to create that and, and give ourselves that kind of expression, that uh, ability to express that, it's crucial. That's especially important now. Valerie says many students have had to miss class because of getting sick or being exposed to someone with COVID, others have lost family members because of the coronavirus. I have one little girl who lost both her mother and her brother within the same month. And she was still coming to school and she's still doing what she's gonna do. And, you know, I think this school in general, being back in person helped her. But I'm thinking having those outlets like 
journalism or photography or painting or sculpture or theater or music is why they come. It's what kind of keeps them going. The school is also using funding this year to buy more materials, like a new light board and sound system for the theater classroom and microphones to use in their musical this spring. Yeah, I've already had kids that are like, oh, I don't want to be on stage, but I'll run. Can I run sound? Can I can I do can I run lights? Can I can I do that or, you know, be backstage, do the prop table and stuff? Yeah. Ms. Fitz has also taken her students on field trips. Some of the biggest joys that I've had are taking my kids out to see live theater again within the community. And some of them had never seen live theater before. And just the wonderment on their faces and the the joy that they're getting from that, it takes me back to when I first saw my first live show. So Carolyn, tell me about this drama production class. What stood out to you? There were a lot of kids in there who did seem kind of shy and not ordinarily the kind of kids you think about signing up for drama. So I was really impressed at how this class was able to sort of bring them out of their shell a little bit. And they did really seem to like it. Um, They did really seem to enjoy it. And it kind of seemed to get them interested in things maybe they hadn't even known that they were interested in. McNair High School is also funding other projects. The principal told me that they um, they bought new CPR dummies for all the health classes, <laughs> which is great. They brought thir- they bought thirty brand new sewing machines for um, a fashion design class. They were paying for field trips, college tours, all things that they hadn't been able to do before. Ingredients for the culinary class, which were kind of scarce before, I think. They added an AP statistics class. You know, more counselors. Oh, they established partnerships with a few nonprofits in town to provide substance abuse counseling and suicide prevention counseling. I mean, as the principal told me, he says, well, you know, these are all things that we should have been funding all along. And, you know, someday this money is going to go away, but the need is never going to go away. So we're just trying to take advantage of what we have now to, you know, get as much bases covered as we can now. Yeah, I was going to ask you what happens when the money runs out since some of it is one-time funds. And so, you know, I guess the sewing machines will last years, but, you know, the field trips won't probably. Right. The, um, I talked to the assistant superintendent and, I, you know, he laid it out really clearly. He said, you know, you get all this one-time cash, you can either spend it on one of two things, materials or personnel. And so right now it's, you know, there's such a teacher shortage. It's very hard to hire personnel of any kind. And so they're spending it a lot on these materials instead. He said they would like to be hiring more people and then just hope that the school board continues to fund these positions after 2024 when the ESSER money runs out. But right now, I think Lodi and every district in the state is really struggling with these staffing shortages, not just teachers, but assistants, tutors, aides. EdSource is a nonprofit organization that relies on listeners like you. Between now and December 31st, EdSource has a goal to raise $100,000 to support our storytelling and in-depth reporting. Make your donation today at edsource.org. Carolyn also visited Elkhorn Elementary School. And the kids there were... They were doing a really cool after-school science club where they were shooting off rockets made out of two-liter plastic bottles. But there was one new program at that school that really stood out to her. An after-school chess club that's being taught by the custodian, and that was amazing. 
Yep, you heard correctly. An after-school chess club taught by the custodian. That custodian is Sean Montemayor. He's been a custodian at Elkhorn for seven years, but he's also a big chess lover. As a kid, he loved the movie Searching for Bobby Fischer, and he always wanted to learn to play chess. So later on, he and his girlfriend, who's now his wife, taught each other how to play. During the COVID lockdown, he played a lot. He said it really helped him get through the pandemic. And so he thought, well, if the students are kind of in distress, you know, this, there's no reason why this couldn't help them too. I just figured it'd be a good opportunity as soon as the kids come back on campus that it would be good to start a chess club and, uh, you know, just kind of just see what happens from there. You know, just be a good opportunity for, you know, just the kids just to be together and, you know, whether they know how to play or not, you know, I can just, uh, you know, teach them the game of chess. And that was really the idea. There was one other thing that inspired Sean. Of course, you know, when Queen's Gambit came out on uh, on Netflix, that of course, that's when they started the whole big boom of chess, and now it's just taken off. So I knew that, you know, as soon as I you know started the chess club at Elkhorn, that, you know, the, the kids would be interested, and sure enough. Um, it's funny you mentioned the, the Queen's Gambit, because in Queen's Gambit, the custodian is the person who teaches the girl chess. Yeah, it's, it's funny, because... Um, I didn't think about that until my wife brought it up. She's like, you're like the real uh, Mr. Scheibel. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I never thought of it like that. But yeah, it kind of funny just how it turned out. <laughs> so the school hired him to run this after-school chess club. It's outdoors, so it's COVID safe. And there's a bunch of picnic tables and there's kind of large oversized chess boards on each picnic table. Now it's, you know, it's going and I have... A total of, I'd say, close to 50 kids. And, you know, they're having fun and, you know, I'm having fun. And, yeah, I got some pretty good players. So um, they're keeping me on my toes. <laughs> Sean says chess gives kids life lessons. We have this uh, one young boy. He's uh, in fifth grade and really sharp kid. And he's just really good at chess. I mean, he blows a lot, a lot of the kids out of the water. And, you know, he can be a bit cocky at times. And, you know, I've told him, you have to... <laughs> you got to be humble, you know, and the game of chess, it will definitely humble you. And um, I remember one day he played one of the middle school kids and he beat him pretty bad. But all in all, I thought it was good, you know, good for him because, you know, you have to be humble, <laughs> especially with a game of chess, because it can definitely put you in your place if you don't know what you're doing, if you're not aware. <laughs> all in all, it was all positive. Is this club going to continue? Or are you hoping that you're going to be able to continue for, you know, the next semester, next year? I hope so. I, I really do. Um, I really do believe that it really does um, benefit the kids. You know, you have to stay focused. You have to be patient. But I, I also believe that it helps them to focus on trying to make, you know, the right moves, you know, not just on the chessboard, but also in life. Carolyn, did you get the sense that the kids are enjoying the chess club? You know, one kid said if it wasn't for the after school chess club, he probably would just go home and sit alone and play video games all afternoon. You know, he's outside, he's meeting new people, he's learning a lot. I mean, I asked him, I said, what are you getting out of learning chess? And he said he's learned how to think ahead a little bit <laughs> and not always act on your first impulse and to maybe plan things out a little bit. And I thought, ah, that's a lesson I think we could all learn. So Carolyn, you're going to be following Lodi throughout the year to see how this funding plays out and like what happens or... 
Yeah, we're going to visit, you know, periodically throughout the year and just see, you know, all these things, all these expenses to improve students' mental health, basically, and their academic performance. You know, at the end of the school year, what does that look like? Did it work, essentially? You know, we'll look at test scores and attendance and graduation rates and dropout rates and um, student surveys, parent surveys. Um, we're going to look at all sorts of measures. And it, granted, you know, it could be years before we actually see results from some of this, but it'll be interesting to see what we start seeing any differences at the end of the year. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Education Beat, Getting to the Heart of California Schools, a production of EdSource. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Special thanks to Valerie Fitzgerald, Sean Montemayor, Carolyn Jones, and our director, Ann Vasquez. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by the Dirk and Charlene Cabsonell Foundation. I'm Zadie Stavely. We're taking the next two weeks off for the holidays, but make sure to tune in on January 6th to hear a very special episode about fifth graders cooking school lunch. And in the meantime, listen again to past episodes and share us with your friends.